Hello and welcome to the second series of Beyond the Balance Sheet, a podcast brought to you by Quilter Financial Planning. We're here to lift the lid on the world of financial advice, providing insight for those already in the industry and anyone thinking of a new career. I'm Hannah Vaughan-Jones. Join me in this second series as we address common misconceptions head on, gather advice from both practicing advisors and external experts, speak with those who have overcome hurdles and hear people's inspiring stories from all walks of life. In today's episode, we're focusing on advancing your career in financial planning and next steps you could be taking to elevate your own growth. And to discuss this, I'm joined by Chanel Pattinson, co-founder and financial planner at Money Means, and Julian Hintz, head of Quilter Financial Advisor School. Chanel, Julian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having Thank me. You. I'm Thanks excited. Great to have you both with me. Okay, so as I mentioned, today we're talking about how to take the next steps in your career, how to essentially put your best foot forward in your financial uh, advice career. So Chanel, let me come to you first on this. You're in your mid-20s, I think. So could you just outline for us how you made your way through the early years, even if they were only just a couple of years ago, <laughs> the early years for you as a financial advisor? Yeah, of course. So um, my dad is a financial advisor, has been my whole life. I remember every single summer sat in his office, same one he has now. Um, but it's not something I ever really wanted to do. I didn't think it was particularly exciting. Um, and I had lots of other fun, exciting careers in mind. However, I tried a load of different things. And I actually then thought, okay, maybe I'll give it a go. I'll see what it's like. Um, so my dad said, okay, take the first exam, see what you think. But at this point, I was still working in Debenhams. Um, and I am actually from Southampton, which is where Quilter's head office is. And um, I was working in Debenhams and I got chatting to a really lovely lady. She said, oh, I, um, I actually work down the road in Quilter in their head office, which was Old Mutual Wealth back then. And um, I told her I was taking my exam and she said, oh, do you want an interview? And I, I honestly just couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had the interview the next day. And then the day after that, I got the job. Um, and I was there for, I think, about three or four years. And I took some of my exams. Um, and I was actually then one of the first cohorts into the financial advisor school. So that's where it all started, really, for me. Fantastic stuff. And Julian, I mean, obviously, Chanel's going to be one of your prime poster girl pinup students, <laughs> I guess, for the Quilter Financial School. Um, tell us a little bit more about the, the, the type of people that you get coming through the school and the demographic, I suppose. All sorts is, is the short answer to that. The, the great thing about the advice profession is it is genuinely open to, to anybody and everybody. But since we've been under the Quilter umbrella, which is just over six and a half years now, we've had around 500 students come through the course of financial advisor school and what's interesting when you when you begin to look at the data it shows you um i think that uh, actually this is a, a profession that young generation are, are choosing so 48 percent of those 500 students are between the ages of 18 and 30 and the average age is 32 so i think that's really encouraging mm, really really encouraging and chanel i mean you, i think i'm right in saying you're 25 is that right yeah yeah. Okay. So, and you mentioned as well that your dad was obviously in the in the industry uh, as well. So you had that exposure to it from presumably a very very young age. Do you think had you not had that exposure, that it would have been just an industry that you wouldn't have even been considering, um, and certainly wouldn't have had any interest in in going into? 
Yeah, 100%. I think one reason is um, not a lot of people understand what we do. So even now when I meet people and I say I'm a financial advisor, financial planner, everybody says, are you an accountant? Can you do budgets? And I'm like, no, it's not what I do. Um, so there's a misconception of what we do. But also, I just I just didn't think it was that interesting. I didn't see what I see now being an advisor and how much of an amazing career it is. And it's not about numbers and sitting behind a screen. It's about people and having conversations and building relationships. And yeah, it's amazing. But I think actually it hasn't been shown to the to the wider public really what it actually is as, as a job role. Yeah. And what about career progression then for you and for, for others listening as well? You know, you're you're very, very young. You, you've been in the industry for a long time already. Um, have you made kind of great strides and had a very kind of like strong trajectory or is it much more of a slow, slow process? So I guess I'm wondering, how do people make a big impact early on? Yeah, 100 percent. I actually think it is a career that you can really progress quite quickly in and do really quite well at, at a, a young age. And there's lots of possibilities. So you can go on to be a power planner. You can have that as your your career rather than being a financial advisor. Or you could be a power planner that leads on to an advisor. There is a lot of options. And you can make massive strides in your income as well, um, which people don't always like to talk about money. But I think it's really important to say actually you can earn a lot of money in this industry um, and also at a young age. And I think really a lot of people do want to do that. And you do want to be rewarded in not only money but other ways but it is part of it and you can do that yeah I suppose you've definitely got to be comfortable talking about money as a financial as a financial planner as well so there's no shame in that and talking about wanting to to earn a good salary as well and um, Julian coming to you on that point I mean the industry as we've been hearing all along you know has a bit of a branding problem at the moment in terms of there are some 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 misconceptions out there about what it is that financial advisors do, who should seek advice from one, the, the the age or the type of person that you should be listening to and taking advice from as well. Tell us a bit about the Quilter Financial Advisor School then and how you kind of try and tackle a lot of those misconceptions. Yeah, I think the key misconception, and Chanel's just touched on it, is that, you know, you need to be a sort of a, a maths genius and it's a it's very technical uh, very serious and all the rest of it. And you know, there are elements of technicality, there are elements of maths, but a lot of that takes place, um, you know, away from a client. It's about being a people person. Uh, you know, the key attribute that we look for is um, the individual's ability to truly empathise with people, want to help people, want to build genuine long-term relationships. And it's, it's that that we sort of try and major on more than the, the technicalities. You know, technicalities for us at the school are to get people through their uh, qualifications, etc. And, you know, we've all done exams and, you know, there's a degree of, you know, just sort of getting your head down and getting on with it. But that's not being a financial planner. That's just a route to becoming a financial planner. We need to really make the message loud and clear that this is a people business, regardless yeah. of uh, any anything else. And I mean, the, the, the industry as a whole has a has a problem right now and that it's an aging population of an aging contingent of financial advisors there. But how, how many sort of people over the age of, I don't know, 40, 50 that you would normally expect to see as financial advisors are actually going through the Quilter Financial Advisor School, for example? Yeah, we don't tend to see too many older. I say older, I'm in my 50s myself, but we don't tend to see too many. As I say, the average age is 32, but that's not, it's still not uh, about, you know, age shouldn't be a barrier we're all living longer we're all probably going to have to work longer so even if you were 40 50 you could still have you know, a good career 
uh, in this as a second career as well, not not just you know starting uh, in in this as uh, from scratch. Yeah, I mean, age shouldn't be a barrier, of course. But I mean, Chanel, Julian, both of you will, I'm sure, have perspectives on this. But Chanel, you must have at some point already come across people saying you're just too young to advise me on this, or, or you know, I, I don't see what you could know that I wouldn't have, you know, possibly picked up in the last. 40 years of my life or something like that. How do you overcome those concerns, I suppose, from, from clients? Yeah, I think it's been interesting because at the start of my career, um, at a lot of the firms I worked for, they said, we're, we're not going to make you an advisor because we don't feel like you can sit in front of clients at your age because they're not going to believe in what you're saying. And then that really ingrains in you. And I thought, okay, they're, they're not going to listen to me. Um, and then until I became a financial advisor and started advising clients of all ages I realized actually most clients don't really care majority there there will always be clients who want an older advisor more similar to their age but that also goes both ways so for example my dad if he gets a younger client approach him they've said many times they'd rather sit in front of me because I'm closer to their age and they can relate so it goes both ways um but I definitely don't think there should be a sort of blanket statement that says you can't advise, advise clients that are older because you definitely can they just want somebody they can trust somebody they believe they know they have the exams they're a nice person um, and that's what is most important to them and is quilter as the, the the financial advisory school are you kind of making great strides in terms of trying to be more diverse and inclusive as well not just because it's the right thing to do for you as a business mm, but also yeah. because it's what is going to be reflected in terms of what clients need and what clients want going forward Oh yeah, absolutely. Without without a shadow of a doubt, it's a real focus for for us. And like you say, it's not just a box ticking exercise. We, you know, financial advice should be available to the to the wider community. And as a profession, we need to reflect that. Yeah. So Chanel, I know you went obviously through the the, the Quilter Financial Advisor School um, as well. Um, so what would be your advice to other people, perhaps you know, even 16, 17 year olds still in school, thinking about their future careers, what they might want to do? Was there anything that you wish you had done differently? Like if you could go back all of those eight years ago, <laughs> would you have done anything differently? Well, I think one thing that I now realise is so, so important is finding a company that really matches your own personal values and beliefs and are prepared to believe in you and support you and finding companies that will put you in front of clients and will bring you into meetings and do want to help you study and do really care about their clients because I definitely went into some firms where actually in hindsight they weren't very aligned with who I was as a person and they didn't want to see me progress and that probably did hold me back at some points like you said I'm still very early on in my career and I'm still grateful for those opportunities I definitely learned but if I could do anything different it would be to find those companies that were more aligned with me. Interesting. And so would you perhaps um, advise people to move around a little bit more than, than rather than just sticking with one place for, you know, five, 10 years or something like that? It's better to get more experience in lots of different places just to sort of see which is the, the one that truly fits. 100%. I think people are, are far more accommodating of people jumping around a lot more now. And I do truly believe that if the company you're with isn't going to support you, progress you, then find somewhere else. There's, there's a lot of job opportunities out there and a lot of amazing companies that really want to see people grow and shine. So so go find them if your current company isn't doing it. And I guess with the, with the advisor school, um, obviously you're trying to get people through their exams and making sure that they've got the full skill set and they're qualified to actually advise people. 
But there must also be an, an element of support that you provide in terms of, of um, mentorship and hope, uh, enabling people to kind of navigate those early stages of their career. Yeah, abs absolutely. Um, just getting your piece of paper, your certificate on your desk, again, I'll, I'll say it again, doesn't make you a financial planner. It's some of those advisor skills. People refer to them as soft skills. I'm not sure I know what a soft skill is, but uh, as opposed to a hard skill, but advisor skills are really, really important. So what I would encourage, the message I'd want to give is, you know, if you are considering this as a career uh, and you are, uh, you know, you, you get in front of an advisory practice, <clears throat> an advisor uh, to talk about your career, really, really understand what level of support and resource is going to be available to you in order to help you become successful. You know, it's in those, especially in those early years, those first two, three years that you really need uh, an awful lot of support to try and, uh, you know, ensure that you've got the, the you know, that sort of that successful, you know, trajectory um, going forward. And I guess the ball is sort of in the young financial advisors court in terms of there's, there's a huge demand for more financial advisors and, and certainly for you know, a younger uh, demographic of financial advisors as well. So that's a, a really empowering um, element, really, isn't it? Going into, you know, f in, in this particular profession, which you don't really find in lots of other places as well, because, you know, often experience in terms of years graft is what actually counts a lot more. But it seems to be the opposite in this case. Would you would you both agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think we as a profession have really, really woken up to the need to replace uh, the existing population of advisors as they begin to uh, look towards the next phase of their lives and careers, retirement, etc. And um, there's, you know, the need for, for advice uh, is, uh, is only going one way, uh, which mm -hmm. is up and the supply of advisors um, has continued to fall. So, uh, you know, don't need to be an economic student to know that supply and demand, when they look like that, is a, is a great space uh, to jump in to, to this as a profession. Yeah. I mean, Chanel, you're not long out of school yourself. I'm, I don't mean to sound <laughs> derogatory about that. Um, uh, but is, is there much more need, I suppose, to in terms of rebranding this, um, this whole industry, getting more young people, younger people like yourself into it? Is there a need to really go into schools, go into sixth form colleges, um, and, and talk to people and really sell it in a different way. Because it sounds to me as an outsider looking into the industry that there are so many benefits and bonuses to this flexible um, flexible career with great salaries and all the rest of it that people just don't know about. And it feels like we should be getting to those kind of teenagers earlier uh, and letting them know that not only do they need to know about financial planning for their own personal futures as well, but also this could be a really good professional career for them. Yeah, a hundred percent. It really needs, it just, yeah, it needs a change of image. Like when I say I'm a financial advisor and people know what the job is, they are genuinely shocked that I am. Like they are so confused um, and that people just have an image in their head and I've created an Instagram and I've also got a podcast, basically all about sort of being like a young female financial planner, because just to get that message out there of actually this is a really great career. Like I really enjoy it. I have flexibility. I have good money. It's it's so rewarding. And it, yeah, it just needs to get out there more schools, universities, colleges talked about as much as possible. 
Yeah. So, um, I mean, Julian, let me come to you on that point, because I, I know you've been into schools as well and you've, mm. you've, you've spoken to students. And it's, yeah. you know, from our conversations prior to this, this recording, it sounds like that was hugely rewarding. Yeah, hugely. So I was invited to speak to some business study students in a, in a school, funnily enough, in, in Southampton. They were 14 years of age. So um, it's been a long time since I've been in a school. So it was a bit intimidating. They've definitely got taller. Um, <laughs> And I don't know what I was expecting. Well, I, actually, I think I do know what I was expecting. I was expecting to be bombarded by questions about how they can become, you know, millionaires, billionaires, um, you know, YouTubers, uh, dealing cryptocurrencies and all the rest of it. And that that was my bad, really, because that's not what I was faced with at all. I was faced with really grounded individuals who understood, because I was talking to them about their relationship with money, that um, you know, the world doesn't owe them a living, that they are going to have to go to work and pay this thing called tax and get a mortgage and all the rest of it. But, you know, it, it just struck me that there was some awareness, but wouldn't it be terrific if we could, um, you know, introduce that more uh, widely as, as part of the syllabus, but to also identify this as a credible career path? Mm. You know, Chanel, I think I'm right to say you're a chartered financial planner. Is that right? Yeah. So if we went into a school and talked about a chartered surveyor, a chartered accountant, they're, they're, they're terms that resonate with people as a credible career. We talk about a chartered financial planner. They're not aware of it enough. Um, and that's partly our, our fault as a, as, a, as a profession. And, you know, we need to really uh, get that, that message across that this is a, a, is a credible career path. So we need to get more people into it in the first place. But once they're in, they're locked in <laughs> and they're qualified, for example, what would be... Uh, your sort of like golden nuggets, your pieces of advice for how to progress through your career. Um, Chanel, I'll come to you first on this. We've already touched on kind of like moving around a bit, but how do you, you know, you've obviously are making great strides in terms of social media and really sort of like promoting your industry and also your business as well. But what would you say to other people looking to progress, presumably as quickly as possible um, through the ranks? Yeah, I would say... Um, Definitely do your exams and get through them as quickly as you can. Without stopping was the best thing I could have done because I think if I would have stopped, I would have really struggled to have gone back to it and life just gets busier, the harder work gets, all of those sorts of things. But also saying yes to opportunities was the best thing I ever did over the last year. Everything I said yes to has just led to something else. And some of them have been really scary, like the most terrifying things, but I'm so, so glad I said yes to them. And then lastly being myself, which sounds so simple, but I think I spent so much of the first part of my career trying to be probably more masculine and not as energetic as I usually am and, and sprightly and bubbly because of the industry I was in, I felt like that wasn't right and I was out of place, but actually ever since I've embraced it, that's actually just taken my career further. So just being yourself. Brilliant, brilliant advice for everyone, for that matter, in every walk of life. Um, Julian, you're nodding along. I can, I, I, I can see you there. Um, what would be your kind of like golden advice for for people in Chanel's position a few years back? I think I think that's a, a brilliant piece of advice. A full full stop. Be yourself, because especially in this profession, because people buy people, and they'll soon work out whether you're fake or not. So yeah. so absolutely be be yourself. I think there's a number of number of things I'd want to say around this, which is the opportunities are limitless. The, the, the only sort of thing that will hold you back is yourself. The ball is very much in, in your court at the moment. So, you know, grab that opportunity, be a pioneer, you know, um, make the change if you want to um, be that person that you can't see at see at the moment. And, you know, you might be surprised at how supportive some companies really are in that we we understand we need 
uh, fresh talent um, into this profession. So we, we you know, we've, we're very much open for business at the moment. And, um, you know, the, the world is your uh, world is your oyster. Oh, well, we love to end on a cliche. That's wonderful. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, huge thank you to both of you. Brilliant advice and a, and a fascinating conversation as well. So be authentic, be yourself and be a pioneer as well. Um, so absolutely wonderful. Chanel Pattinson and Julian Hintz, uh, huge, huge thanks from all of us for, for sharing your thoughts and experience with us on this on this podcast. Thank you all for joining us today for Beyond the Balance Sheet. It's brought to you by Quilter Financial Planning. You can find us at www.quilter.com or our advisor school is at www.careers.quilter.com. Also, please do subscribe to this podcast through your preferred platform. I'm Hannah Vaughan-Jones and thank you so much for joining our conversation.